So we're recording this episode on April 20th, which is 420. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing your most uh, greatest, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not impression of Scooby-Doo for 420, because it's kind of what it sounded like. I mean, maybe. I mean, we are in our basements, or in my basement. We don't live together. (laughs) Uh, We are in my basement, so I mean, that does, you know, we probably probably should have, but we didn't. Anyway, um, my question for you guys this week, um, what fictional character is probably most excited about this holiday? Um... (laughs) Tabitha, we're starting with you this week because you already spoiled us with a wonderful uh, autocorrect. You don't have to go into the autocorrect if you don't want to. So what happened was I was like, oh, I know this one. And I immediately had answers for it. And then I typed them out and I looked away from my phone because I didn't want to forget them. And then when I looked back at my phone, I realized I got autocorrected like real hard uh my first option was uh crushed the turtle from finding nemo my phone decided that the name of that film was now fondling nemo (laughs) and then uh, my other option was scuttle from the little mermaid which my phone autocorrected to scuttle from the little raccoon (laughs) (laughs) which now all i want is the little mermaid in which ariel is portrayed by a raccoon everything else is the same but ariel is a raccoon that lives underwater and has a tail I didn't even appreciate that the second one was an autocorrect. <laughs> yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed that there was a film or some kind of IP called The Little Raccoon. And yeah, there's that. Um, it was kind of an easy choice for me. Um, he is green anyway. You cannot tell me that Beast Boy does not. <laughs> he absolutely does. He is probably high as a kite. 24-7. All those snacks? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Lydia? My first thought for this was Yaks the Yak from Zootopia because, you know, who better to celebrate 420 than a Tommy Chong Yak? <laughs> <laughs> and Matt? This might be a little too on the nose and Tabitha might have already spoiled it, but um, Shaggy. <laughs> there. Uh, I, I almost put a moratorium on... <laughs> Shaggy, like Scooby, yeah. I I originally like I was gonna try to come up with a couple other like super obvious ones, but I mean, if I have to choose a secondary option because that's too obvious, um, I would have to go with uh, Dale from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I could see that. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah. not both of them, just Dale. Just Dale. Just Dale. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, chips way, way too, too high strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder twin powers activate. <laughs> mm. We know which character you two relate to. <laughs> I'm more so just worried because like Tabitha always talks about how much she hates me, and then we do things like say basically the same thing at the same time. So like <laughs> Tabitha, are you feeling okay <laughs> about like yourself? Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia.
Um, so we haven't had a normal show in a couple of weeks. So um, y'all, mostly Matt and Tabitha, were like, hey, we want to talk about all the stories this week. So um, we have 25 topics. Um, one of those is Trailer Takedown, which features eight trailers. So... <laughs> Um, strap yourselves in. We're gonna be here a while. We're gonna be here for a minute. It's okay. Um, yeah. Whether we get through all 25, we'll see. Uh, but we are going to start off with the pull list. What's on our pull list this week? And we've got three books to talk about tonight. Um, the first one, let me pull up my notes. Okay, so the first one is Judas Priest, uh, Screaming for Vengeance. It is out now from Z2 Comics, written by Rance A. Hosley and Neil Clyde, uh, with art by Christopher Mitten. So, I read this synopsis, and usually I try to, I, I try to rewrite the synopsis, you know. Um, reading this, I didn't know what how to put it in my own words. So I am reading this synopsis straight from what Z2 gave me. So 500 years from now, a ring of cities will orbit high above the surface of a dead world, controlled by a ruling elite that maintains power through manipulation and brutality. When a naive engineer inadvertently uh, threatens the status quo with his vital scientific discovery, a bloodstone, he is betrayed by those he trusted and cast out into the broken pan planet below in the wreckage and desolation of a broken world where every day is a battle for survival he must choose between accepting his new life in exile or screaming for vengeance <laughs> it was all in caps that's why i felt like i had to do that i need you to never do that again that startled me so <laughs> so it sounded like batman trying to sing judas priest <laughs> um so I wanted to get to this. I unfortunately did not. Matt, I know you did. So what did you think? If you make me jump again, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will admit that I did not get all the way through this. I got about uh, a little less than halfway. Um, this is absolutely not what I expected picking this up. Um, I didn't read the synopsis, so I just kind of jumped in blind. Um, I really enjoy the art. It's like a bright and colorful it's supposed to be utopia but there's definitely a darker side to it um the the general the, the basic idea of like earth basic uh, earth being shot to hell and being no good and like building cities that orbit the earth and living in those is one of those ideas that i wish i had had myself like that's like a super cool sci-fi idea um and then you get the like mitch said that that elite ruling class um you know the engineer that accidentally not accidentally but like comes up with something to quote unquote save the world but also threatens what they all know um so far this is just this is fantastic. Um, I will definitely be finishing the rest of this because I need to know like how this ends up like how Shane I think is how you pronounce the main character's name um like 
battles through this and gets gets through everything. Um, but like I said, this was not at all what I expected, and I am loving it. Nice. Uh, also out now from Z2 is Heartstrings, Melissa Etheridge and Her Guitars, uh, written by Steve Hotchman and Frank Marafino, uh, with art by Manuela Portega. So Heartstrings tells the story of Melissa Etheridge uh, from her time learning the guitar and playing for her grandmother to the superstar singer-songwriter she is today. Uh, I got about halfway through this book, and I am loving it. It's phenomenal. Um, one of the things that I really do like about it, or at least with what I've read so far, the chapters are pretty short. So if it's like, oh, I've only got you know like a couple minutes to read, you can knock out a couple and come back to them. Uh, but so far, it's a really great story it's a heartwarming story um especially the scenes with her grandmother um there is one part where i'm like oh my god is melissa etheridge gonna make me cry uh she didn't (laughs) but she came darn close um and really like it's it's interesting just to see like uh the perspective of trying to make it big especially in the 80s um when you know you don't have the right you know quote-unquote look of what you know people want um and you know spoiler alert melissa etheridge she did pretty okay for herself that was a joke i hate you all tabitha what'd you think (laughs) i thought that joke sucked um (laughs) (laughs) um no i finished this right before we headed over to record and i really enjoyed it um there are a couple of moments toward the end where it gets a little weird um, you're not there yet. I'm gonna let you get there and then we can discuss about it later. Um, <clears throat> it got a little too touchy feely for me at the end, but that's just because I don't like feelings. That's not anything against the story. I really liked and I haven't I don't think I've ever seen this done in a graphic novel before. Have you gotten to any of the images where it's like a, a showing of like a time, like an arc of time and that kind of travels around the page and there's like different scenes that are happening and you're kind of being moved like through a long stretch of time in like a whirlwind uh i've gotten to one point where she is like playing like three different bars is that is that that's one of about? them yeah. yes there's a couple mm-hmm. of them that are coming that you'll run into and it's just it's a very interesting way to show like time happening in a graphic novel like i've never seen that before and i was very impressed um no i really like this the art was fun it's got a lot of heart um i like seeing melissa etheridge come into her own in this story in her kind of her own words was really cool you'll notice a couple of things that were a little again too touchy-feely but i liked it in general awesome uh finally tonight we have the first issue of Money Shot comes again. Uh, it is out April 26th from Vault, written by Tim Seeley with art by Giselle LaGrace. Uh, so back on Earth, the triple explorers, uh, who are porn stars slash scientists, just go with it, um, will have to go back to space for more sexcapades after space jellyfish uh, who run the ordered universe come to Earth and... Um, you know, just kind of threatened to end it like you will. Um, so like this, like the title mentions or like, like, like the title suggests. And from that little bit of discussion, uh, this is not for children. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but there is, I know that we read a good 
chunk of this mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> of the first uh, few issues. Uh, I know I took a break from it. Just it was just one of those books that I just lost track of. Uh, so jumping back into this universe. Um, it was a little jarring at first. Um, there were definitely a few things that I had forgotten. Um, I would have done a lot better if I, you know, read read up and got caught up with the series. Um, that said, I mean, it's not... If you're a new reader to this, it's not the best jumping on point, but it's definitely not the worst. I don't think that you're going to be completely lost to where it's like, uh i want nothing more of this uh there's a lot of crude humor um there's a lot of boobs there's a lot of boobs <laughs> but overall i mean it you know i enjoyed it um it definitely made me remember how much i liked the first series and w- makes me want to go back and like i said get caught up and you know so i can i don't have better stamina or something um <laughs> tabitha I don't like anything that you just said to me in regards to any of the things we're talking about. <laughs> We've been recording for like five minutes and you're already like really fired. So, But you haven't shamed me yet. <sighs> I haven't. I forgot about my bell. Um, <clears throat> thank you for reminding me. Um, there were a lot of boobs. Uh, <laughs> I kind of remember reading some of this, like the early issues of this that we um we're giving us arcs and it's it's got like a very interesting sense of humor that's happening literally my only gripe about this is the overuse of each other's names every time someone's brought onto the page or brought up it would be like me being like mitch how is your day hi lydia how are you and then just keep going in our conversation every time i responded back to you oh my day was good Thanks, Lydia. I'm really glad you had a good day, Lydia. Like, it's just, it's very <laughs> annoying. Yeah. Um, so the writing is a little irritating for me, but I don't know what it says about me that the only thing I really noticed about this, because there were a lot of boobs, <laughs> <laughs> was the bad writing. So... Uh, the My biggest takeaway from that is that she doesn't care how you feel, Matt. <laughs> Not usually, no. So, Matt, how are you feeling, and how did you like Money Shot Comes Again? <laughs> there were a lot of boobs. There were a lot of boobs. Um, I I almost forgot how much I enjoyed reading the early issues of this series, um, jumping back into this. Like, there is. It's a lot of crude humor. There are a lot of boobs, as everybody's mentioned multiple times. I've mentioned them as many times as there are on the pages. Um but at the same time, like the like the quirky sci-fi nature that's going on with this is is interesting. It's fun. Um, you you kind of get a little bit of like background. So, like you said, it's not a great jumping-off point, but we have seen worse. Um, it gives it does give you a little bit of background. It reminds you who the characters are. Yes, they do say each other's names way too frequently. Um, but uh, at the same time, like there is that bigger like world ending storyline that's going on here. Um, and, and it's almost like the uh, the the um, adult content is like, I don't know, for for flair, for interest more so than like to actually help the story, which is fine. 
Um, so it's kind of like a fluffer. Oh my god! What is wrong with you? Why are you like this? We already have a long show. I can't get into that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I do think it's interesting that you guys both mentioned um, like the overuse of names. That's not something that I really picked up on. I wanna, I wanna go back and reread this now and see if I pick up on that. Maybe, Almost every panel, really, and maybe, and maybe subconsciously, it's not something that. I disliked just because, um, you know, with with that long break, I need to kind of relearn everybody's names. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, it's one of those things that I always pick up on when I'm reading anything. pretty much anything. Um, and it's one of those things I try desperately to avoid in my own writing because it drives me insane because it doesn't it doesn't feel natural. So. See, I didn't read this one, but now I feel like if I do go back and read this one, I'm just going to be sitting there going, wow, there are a lot of boobs. They're right. (laughs) (laughs) But he's going to be like, boobs? Boobs? Names. Names. Names of boobs? (laughs) More boobs. More boobs. (laughs) More names. (laughs) All right, guys. It's time for trailer takedown. Let's get ready for trailer takedown. And like I said, we've got eight trailers to talk about tonight. Um, Some way more interesting than others, but we'll get to that. Uh, So the first matchup is Secret Invasion versus Penguin. Um, Lydia, let's start with you. So... I realized as I was watching this trailer that we've gotten so much Marvel stuff in the past like year and a half that I really just do not care anymore, which sucks because, I mean, you got to love Samuel L. Jackson, especially as Nick Fury, but I have no desire to watch this. I just don't care anymore. Like, and I, I may care if I have kept up with stuff, but I'm so far behind as it is. Like, I don't even know what he's fighting against anymore um penguin i'm intrigued by um i'm was not expecting them to go that way with the the batman uh saga i guess um but it'll be interesting to kind of see how they take it and kind of flip it from the villain's perspective instead of you know the normal batman uh centric view all the time um, so between the two, I'm going to give nine to Penguin and one to Secret Invasion. Sorry, Nick Fury. Um, so for Secret Invasion, I I was here for this trailer. Um, I have, you know, like, I know that I've got a lot of catching up to do as well. Um, I know Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, her character, which was in Loki. Um, no, no. Uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier. She, yeah, she appeared at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, yes. I could have sworn she was in something else. Um, yes, but I don't know. Okay. I don't know what. Like that's that's where she really made her appearance was that very end of of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, she was in the Black Widow movie. That's that's, that's what, I think what it was. was. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I digress. So, uh, like, I know with things like that, I have to get caught up on things. Uh, I think for this, just, you know, more so for your information, I I feel like the biggest thing that you would need to watch would be Captain Marvel. 
Mm-hmm. I think that would be the biggest thing. Um, and then once you watch that, I mean, yes, again, there will be things that you are going to be like, I, I don't get this reference. It's mm-hmm. like the anti-Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> um, Olivia Coleman. I friggin' love her, and so seeing her, I was like, yes. Um, is this her MCU debut? I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Uh, so, I mean, here for that. Um, the Penguin. This was kind of weird because it wasn't a traditional trailer. It was more so. It, was, it gave you, like, a little bit of behind-the-scenes footage, and it was like a hey this is coming eventually like it's what summer of 24 or did it just say 24 i think it just said 24 okay all right um anyway it looks cool i still haven't seen the batman so like i need to get caught up on that anyway but just for the simple fact of these two i like them both i'm here for them both but secret invasion is coming first so it's going to get more of my points so I'm giving that seven points and then three for Penguin. Uh, Matt. Um, I'm actually going to pass to Tabitha because I don't want to steal what you're going to say about the Penguin because I mm-hmm. feel the same. So, Okay. So as far as um, Secret Invasion is concerned, um, while I'm kind of over Marvel TV shows and like Lydia said, like the oversaturation of Marvel things that we've like essentially been required to watch as fans lately. Um, I'm excited to see this. Um, I also love Olivia Coleman. I, this looks, this looks fun. It looks like a popcorn Samuel L. Jackson action movie set in the Marvel universe. It's like, I'm not seeing Marvel movie when I'm seeing this trailer. I feel like I'm just watching an action movie with Samuel L. Jackson in it. Um, the penguin does not feel like a trailer for a penguin movie. It feels like I'm watching an episode of The Sopranos. Like I thought that I, Matt pushed the wrong button when we. Were, I was like, "Why are we watching this half episode of The Sopranos? Like, what is happening?" And then I just I don't know. I I have wanted so much more. DC is my original like fandom, and I have wanted so much more from the movies and the material that they've put out instead of this we're trying to be the direct opposite of what Marvel's trying to do. And we're trying to be dark and deep and who everything is bleak. Like I like Batman. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and I get it. DC is darker. It always has been. It always will be. But at some point, if it's not working, you have to figure out why it's not working because it hasn't been working. So just because that's what you do doesn't mean that's what you have to keep doing. And it's just, they all look like the same movie but with a different lead character. And they're all starting to look like the Sopranos, except sometimes they're wearing masks and sometimes they're not. So I'm giving seven points to Secret Invasion and three points to Penguin. Um, So to me, Secret Invasion, despite knowing that I'm going to have to catch up some to watch this, looks like Marvel does Spycraft. Um. And I'm here for that. Like watching Samuel L. Jackson be kind of spy-ish and action um, inside the MCU. I I'm ready for it. Um, I've been ready to see how the scrolls and the secret invasion kind of plays out with Marvel since we got that at the end of Ms. Marvel or not Ms. Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel. Um, it wasn't a story that I ever read in the comics, but I, I, I still, I'm, I'm here to see how that kind of p- 
pulls things together and moves the entire MCU forward. Um, like I said, I passed the Tabitha on this one because the penguin to me also looks like that. It looks like I'm watching like a Martin Scorsese, uh, you know, the departed, like I'm not watching the penguin. Like I love Colin Farrell as an actor. I think he's going to do a great job in this role. I haven't watched the Batman yet, but it does. It just looks like a mobster film, which is not who the penguin is to me. Um, there were no actual penguins. I, I, I'm, I'm lost. Hashtag as, ad penguins. Right? <laughs> like as, as hokey as the Danny DeVito penguin is from Batman, like that's, that's who penguin is. Like I, there, there's no, there are no penguins and I'm, that bothers me um, probably more than it should. So I'm going to go eight points to secret invasion and two for penguin. So with a score of 23 to 17, Secret Invasion moves on. It will w- meet the winner of um, a very interesting uh, matchup. <laughs> It'll meet the winner of the Continental, which is from the John Wick universe, uh, versus Tiny Toons Luniversity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not the uh, way I thought that was going to go. No? <laughs> of all the trailers and all the land. <laughs> Um, I will be honest, Tiny Toons Luniversity, um, was not good. Uh, I loved Tiny Toon Adventures when I was a kid, um, and this is not doing that justice, um, and I'm not here for it, probably won't watch it, uh, but that said, I still cannot give any points to anything related to John Wilkes, John Wilk, John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> maybe maybe that's your problem in your head you relate the two maybe <laughs> get uh, it in your head <laughs> wow <laughs> too soon yeah, a little bit especially for springfield illinois I like, uh, can we shame her for that is that allowed no <laughs> um so yeah i can't give any points to john wick so tiny tune luniversity gets all my points um <laughs> lydia so, fun fact, I've actually now seen the first two John Wick movies, and I don't get why you hate it so much. I do. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> so, besides that, we'll talk later. Um, I want to see this series. Having seen the first two movies now, I want to see if it builds on some of the like lore that I've caught in the first two movies. I'm here for it. Tiny... To whatever the heck it was called annoyed the crap out of me and I want nothing to do with it. You're ridding Looney Tunes and that's not fair. So I'm going opposite of you and I'm giving all my points to the Continental. <laughs> Rude. Matt. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I'm in Lydia's camp with John Wick. I still only have watched the first one, but um, some of the ideas and the, the lore that is the background for these movies... Um, is just really intriguing to me and to be able to even if it's only a three-part limited series um, to kind of build that universe around the hotel where so much of this stuff transpires um, is super intriguing to me the trailer though does kind of let me down apart from kind of like glimpses of the world there's no story there Um, I don't know who the characters are I don't know why we care other than yes getting backstory um, on the other hand, 
Tiny Toons University had the opposite effect of when Animaniacs relaunched. Um, it just, it, it doesn't tug at the nostalgia. It's just kind of obnoxious. Um, the only thing I chuckled at was when they listed all the classes you could take and mm-hmm. it was like Anvil 101 and like, uh, like alternate uni- uh, uses for whoopee cushions. I'm like mockery I, through signage. I feel like, uh, I feel like I could take some of those classes and pass pretty well. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't quite have that same vibe as that anime acts, which I think is what they were going for. Um, I'm going to go nine points for John Wick, one for uh, University. Tip. Me and Mitch on the same path again. Here we go. I really don't like the John Wick movies as much as I really like Keanu Reeves. I've still never forgiven the first one for that whole scene with the dog and the sound that it made. Um I don't remember really anything about the Continental because I think I blacked out after that happened and just pretended that movie didn't exist. Um, however, I'm the, the oddball out here because I hate this kind of humor and it really never does anything for me. But if you want to make me the happiest person alive, all you have to do is show me Tom and Jerry cartoons. And this had Tom and Jerry cartoon vibes. Like It's like the Tiny Toons got worse which is kind of like Tom and Jerry, but the thing that I love the most when I'm really sad is Tom and Jerry. So I'm giving all of my points to <laughs> university. It looks hokey and funny and cute, and it looks like something I can put on to fall asleep to. That's a tight battle. Yeah, I know. That's, that's unfair. <laughs> yeah. So with a score of 21 to 19, <laughs> Tiny Toons University, they put a frying pan to the Continental. Or an anvil. They dropped an anvil on the continental. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That's better. Usually you say something and I just take it and make it a little better and then spit it back out and then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so the next matchup, um, while on paper may also be a weird matchup, but they are both movies about friends. Um, we have Frog and Toad versus... <laughs> Godzilla and Kong. I knew that's where this was going. <laughs> uh, Tabitha, let's start with you this round. So I actually shared the frog and toad with Matt because I had already had like 47 stories to talk about this week and I'm like, I don't need another one of these things. So I sent it to Matt. I freaking loved frog and toad books when I was a child. Mm. I like looking at them still. I love that this show literally just took the animation style directly from the art from the books like that is so incredible this looks so wholesome and so fun and like morally educational in like a fun cute cottage core kind of way love it <laughs> however my guiltiest pleasure under the sun is godzilla and kong movies like and I love that stuff. I don't Not know why. Yeah, I love it. I <laughs> love it. I could watch Godzilla and Kong movies all day. Even the bad ones. Even the one with uh, Tom Hiddleston where they're running around and Brie Larson's making no sense. I love that movie. It's <laughs> terrible, objectively. But I love it. Um, they're just, uh, they're so good. I love King Kong. I ain't Godzilla. Uh, this, I need more uh, from that. I know it was just a teaser. Um, but I, I, I don't know how to separate my love for Frog and Toad and my love for Kong and Godzilla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give each of them five points. Matt. Um, I, I, I don't know what else to say because Frog and Toad, 
looks like one of those fun series that kids are going to pick up on. They're going to watch. It, it looks like an old school PBS series, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like in the world today is something that we kind of are missing. Um, and yes, that animation style directly pulled from the books is just it, it's chef's kiss. Like that's the way to do it is to do that. Um <coughs> The humor, everything feels like it came right out of those books. Um, so that's that's fantastic. Um, but I'm kind of in the boat with Tabitha, though, because like Kong and Godzilla, those are those are guilty pleasure movies. Those are fantastic. Like giant monsters beating the crap out of each other all day long. Let's go. Um, also, the way that that last Kong and Godzilla movie ended obviously was leading towards new things with what they're building. And the fact that this is titled the new empire and you've got Kong sitting on a throne in the background is just like, all right, I've wanted to know what happens at the end of that movie. Since that movie ended, this is literally just a teaser gives you no plot, but you like, if you've seen that one, you kind of know where this is going and I'm going to need more. Um, So I'm actually going to go seven points for Godzilla X Kong and three for frog and toad. So I'm going to preface this by saying I probably won't watch either of these. Um, I, okay. <laughs> Your profile picture is literally you in Godzilla's hand. Uh, not currently. My current profile picture is me with Scotty Young. Okay. Thank you very much. Your previous one was yes. you in Godzilla's hand. Yes, because I was at the Empire State Building. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like the especially the the newer um, Kong Godzilla movies. I'm just I'm not here for it's it's too much of a Michael Bay thing for me. You know, like the the older ones. Okay, yeah, maybe we can talk. Um, Frog and Toad. I am just far too old and um, don't have a valid excuse to watch these. <laughs> Hasn't stopped you, you before. Them? Because huh? you need one? <laughs> well, you know. Says the man who's watched the Power Rangers movie like probably five times. Okay, first off, wait, which one are we talking about? The, the, new, the one. new one. The one that came out like yesterday? Yeah. I watched it once. I don't believe you. <laughs> I, really, I really have only watched one. And it was fantastic. You know, it was sad. It was touching. I loved it. Anyway. <laughs> it was more phenomenal. <laughs> made me waste my wine <laughs> <laughs> that's really what the shame is for right yes <laughs> um, anyway oh. that said <laughs> that said um <clears throat> the uh the animation for frog and toad you're absolutely right it is it, it's it's amazing um spot on um did you guys? I think Matt, you. I know you for sure. You saw, mm. but did you guys see the the YouTube link that that I shared with y'all? That looks terrifying, right? So I didn't watch any of it because yeah. yes, it looks terrifying. Correct. Yeah, I want none of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm going to give uh, Frog and Toad more points, really, only because um, with Kong <laughs> X Godzilla or. Godzilla X Kong. My apologies. Um, yeah, it was just a trailer. It was really just like a, hey, this is what we're going to name this movie. Bam. So I'm giving Frog and Toad six points and four points for Godzilla and Kong. Two points each. 
Lydia. <laughs> so I actually have an excuse to watch Frog and Toad because I have two small children frequently in my household. My problem with this, because yes, it looks adorable. It follows the theme of the books so well is that it's on apple tv and i don't have access to mm. that so that sucks um godzilla and kong i think the last one of those movies that i watched was the king kong that had jack black in it i also like that movie so, <laughs> <laughs> i probably won't watch this one either but the visual of like all the bones leading up to the two of their skulls was such cool imagery mm-hmm. that i had to give props to whoever made this te- teaser trailer so for the visual i'm going to give it four points and then i'm going to give frog and toad six we tied y'all did we really yeah, yeah. so yeah, both of those will meet the winner of Queen Cleopatra versus Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, Matt, let's have you start this round. I unabashedly love Dracula and Dracula lore. I do. Um, I know the book definitely has its issues, but that's neither here nor there. Um, this trailer is a locked room horror story that I didn't know I needed. Like, the story of Dracula coming across the ocean to America is crucial to Dracula and lore and everything else. But I did not know that I needed the story of the transversing of the ocean on that ship until I saw this trailer. Um... Also huge points for the Smashing Pumpkins song as the theme in the background because that was chef's kiss. This looks fantastic. I, I love pretty much everything about this. I always do this. I blanked on the other one. Queen Cleopatra. Queen Cleopatra. Um, so Netflix has been doing this lately where they have the um, academics interspersed with like reenactments. Um, some of them played out well. The one we watched, I don't remember which one it was. Um, it kind of threw me because like the vibes were off from whatever they were trying to portray. Um, that was the Anne Boleyn Tudor one. That's the yeah. one I didn't like because they tried to modernize it. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Um, but a couple of the others we watched, I've really enjoyed. I like the format. Um, I just, I don't know. Cle- Cleopatra has and. Egypt has never really been historically one of those things I'm super interested in. Um, so I'm going to go eight points for Voyage of the Demeter and two for Cleopatra. Everything you enjoyed about Last Voyage of the Demeter, I hated. <laughs> I was not here for this trailer. No? Yeah. Um, the Smashing Pumpkins song felt super out of place. Um I don't care about Pirate Dracula. I just <laughs> don't. Um, <laughs> I know what your cosplay for C2E2 is next year. Fantastic. <laughs> I'd rather be John Wick. Um, oh, challenge accepted. I, I mean, I'll be Vampire oh. or Pirate Dracula then. John Wick's booth. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. Can we email John Wick's booth so I can put eyeliner on you? 
You mean you won't let me put eyeliner on? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not as, going through that drama again. <laughs> as if John Wilkes Booth wasn't emo anyways. Fair. <laughs> Um, anyway, but yeah, uh, I, I was not feeling Last Voyage of the Demeter at all. Uh, Queen Cleopatra, uh, I honestly, I didn't even realize that Netflix, Netflix, um, did these, uh, types of documentaries Mm. and it brought me back because like I would, they would play these types of documentaries in history class, like all the time. And it kind of brought me back to that. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And you know. Like, yeah, Cleopatra is not, like, somebody that I'm obsessed with or anything, but it, it, her story is a, is an interesting story. I could see myself sitting down for this. So that compared with the fact that I just hated the, the, the vampire Dracula pirate. There it is. <laughs> Cleopatra, you're getting all my points, girl. Um, Tabitha. So, Dracula, the book, is, like, one of my least favorite things I've ever read, um, which is very upsetting for Matt, but it, it, he still married me, so it's okay. I understand it. <laughs> um, Dracula lore used to kind of intrigue me until I, like, sat down and read that book, and now I'm like, oh, Dracula, go away. Um, I enjoyed this trailer, because if there is something that I really like, it is sea adventures and <laughs> pirates. I love fictional pirates. Um so this looks like something that I would sit down and watch and enjoy. However, you know that dog's dying. We know Huckleberry didn't stand a chance on that boat. So I'm not going to be able to watch this in public. What if the dog becomes a vampire? That's fine. I've been trying to figure out how to do that for like 20 years. Um, <laughs> so I enjoyed that trailer. I think the casting looks interesting. I think the... The setting looks interesting. I love movies and books that take place in one spot. I think that's incredibly hard to do for actors, writers, producers, directors. Like you're, you were working with like the something the size of mu- not much bigger than this room that you have to scare us with, and I find that incredible. They're able to do that, and I, I there was a couple of moments in this trailer where I was like, ooh, like jump scare. <clears throat> Netflix has done a series of these. Um, They started with these called um, Empire Games, um, the Roman um, aristocracy has been done. They are dramatized documentaries and they are incredible. Um, My favorite one is about the Romanov family. It's called The Last Czars. Um, This is kind of along the same format the one like matt was talking about that was really bad was this one about the tutors and i have never turned something about the tutors off so quickly because i literally kept getting so angry i kept having to leave the room we didn't finish it i I couldn't i I barely finished the first episode because i got so angry um and i'm kind of concerned because the trailer for that one also did not look like they modernized it like they did when we sat down to watch it and i'm kind of concerned they've done this with cleopatra also, there is so much speculation about Cleopatra, and I am not an Egyptologist, but Tiny Tabitha was very into the Ptolemies and their reign and their history and where they came from, and I don't agree with the way they went with the casting for this, and there I am on history TikTok, and there are 
a plethora of people in the black community who are very upset by this because there are so many black queens of African heritage and other heritages that they could have focused on instead of taking Cleopatra, who is traditionally known as a white white person and turning her into a black character to appease the population and it's the black community that's rising up against this and that that hurts me like they they took a historically white figure and they gave it a story when they could have taken someone from black history and made them this important and it just it girds on my nerves so i am giving I don't know. We'll just go five and five because I can't pick. All right, Lydia. I'm with Matt. I absolutely loved the trailer for uh, Demeter. It looks spooky. I love the, like Tabitha said, the fact that you are basically in this confined space and they, even in the trailer, have managed to do that much, like, suspense and scaring for that That. I also like a good Dracula mo- movie if it's done well and done like seriously because the trailer for this stupid Renfield movie that just came out <laughs> is bugging the crap out of me but we'll get to the, that later. Um, Cleopatra I'm not a huge fan of these kind of like little like documentary things anyway and I agree with a lot of what Tabitha said so I'm probably not going to watch it anyway so I'm giving... Nine to Last Voyage and one to Cleopatra. Okay. Um, so with a score of 22 to 18, Ooh. Last Voyage of the Demeter <clears throat> moves on. All right. All right. So back to Secret Invasion versus Tiny Toons Luniversity. I'll give you guys a couple seconds to come up with the points. I feel like you don't really need to, <laughs> but I'll give you a couple seconds. Um, so Secret Invasion versus Tiny Toons Luniversity. Um, Matt, where are your points? I, it, with this particular matchup, I can't give any points to Tiny Tunes. So 10 for Secret Invasion. Um, I am giving eight points to Secret Invasion. Tiny Tunes gets two, uh, mostly just because like it is still part of my childhood. I couldn't like completely shut it out. Lydia. I gave it a lot of crap in the first round, but I would absolutely much rather watch Secret Invasions than whatever this blasphemy of a tiny tune is. <laughs> so, Nick Fury, you get all my points. Tabitha. I'm very wishy-washy tonight. I have no strong opinions. Five and five. What's happening? <laughs> Am I dying? Aw. <laughs> <laughs> so they score of 23 to 7. Uh, Secret Invasion moves to the finals. Meets the winner of Frog and Toad versus Godzilla and Kong versus Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, Tabitha. Make me do quick math. Okay. Uh, Frog and Toad, four points. Uh, what was my other option? <laughs> Godzilla and Kong. Uh, Godzilla and Kong, five points. And the other one, one point. Is that how math works? Yes. Is that 10? Okay. <laughs> good job. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> um, Lydia. Um, math crap. Um, <laughs> it's hard, it right? <laughs> um, six to Demeter, three for Frog and Toad, and one for Godzilla and Kong, just because it doesn't give you a whole lot to work with. Okay. Um, I'm basically mirroring my points from the other rounds. Uh, Frog and Toad still gets six. Godzilla and Kong still gets four. 
Uh, last Voyage of the Demeter, he still gets a go F yourself. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Matt. Um, Frog and Toad is going to get one just because I'm least likely to actually sit down and watch that. Uh, three points for Godzilla X Kong because, yes, it's a teaser. Wait until we get the full trailer. And six points for uh, Voyage of the Demeter because, yeah, uh, I'm going to watch this when it drops. So we have a tie for second place. We have oh a, we do God. have a clear winner. Um, <laughs> Godzilla and Kong, as well as Last Voyage of the Demeter, both get 13 points. Therefore, <laughs> the winner of tonight's trailer takedown. Oh, wait, no, no, no. We still have finals. We still have finals. I'm sorry. Um, Frog and Toad is going to beat Secret Invasion. What? <laughs> what is happening? How do we get here? We took a wrong turn. <laughs> Sad thing is, like, no, I think my math is, I think my math's right. Is it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I feel like we should, I like we should maybe check that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to audit Mitch's math. <laughs> Pause for audit. It was just tax day. <laughs> it was. <laughs> All right. So secret invasion versus frog and toad. <laughs> um, I'm giving secret invasion nine points. Uh, frog and toad gets one because of how true it stayed to the source material. Um, Lydia. Um. I'm going to give Frog and Toad six and Secret Invasions four because I feel like Frog and Toad's most likely going to somehow or another end up playing in my house more than Secret Invasions. If you're going to play Frog and Toad, I'll come see your fresh baby. (laughs) (laughs) Deal. All right. uh, Tabitha. Um, I'm going to give Frog and Toad three points and seven points to Secret Invasion. Matt. Uh, I'm going to give eight points to Secret Invasion and two points, one for your frog and one for Toad. Yeah. That's so nice. Right. So, so frog if you tell toad, me we have another time, taking <laughs> your no, math away. No. Frog and Toad did not win trailer takeout this week. <laughs> it lost 12 to 28. Secret Invasion <laughs> is actually the winner of this week's trailer takedown. <laughs> Oh, man, that would have been weird if uh, Frog and Toad did win, though, right? <laughs> it probably did. Mitch just can't do math. <laughs> Rude. Mitch Does Math would be a fun podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just my job. <laughs> a lot of dead air. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I'm just thinking for the mental math. Oh, that's nice gotcha. to know yeah. what I was going to say. So. <laughs> nice, nice save. Nice save. <laughs> All right, so... Um, before editing, we're just over 52 minutes right now, and we still have 20 stories to talk about. Um, it's going to be a two-hour episode. No, we're not going to go. We're not going to cover all these guys. Okay. All right. Uh, we will probably Good. go a little over an hour, though, but it's okay. Um, so let's go to gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. And I want to start tonight with Tabitha. Um, you've got some Harry Potter news. Yes, I do have some Harry Potter news. So HBO went off, right, and announced like 500,000 things for their new streaming series, like whatever. It's just Max now, whatever. I don't know. 
We're getting a new Harry Potter series. Each season is going to be based off one of the books within the franchise. Um, I'm trying to be really quick here. Let's see. I don't think we need this. I think we got this when we did the movies. I don't know what their new perspective on all seven books is going to be unless we're getting the perspective of somebody else. I am so mad that this is not a Marauders thing that I can't see straight. Um, so I'm giving this a thumbs down. Matt. We we don't need this. We don't need one season visiting each book. We don't need 10 seasons total. This was the movies. Like, why are we rehashing this already? Um, thumbs down. Lydia. See, I'm just mad because this would have been a great thing to do in place of the movies. Because I feel like there is a lot of information that got left out of the movies that you could have covered better in a series. But we don't need it on top of the movies. And yeah, I agree with Tabitha. If they were going to do something, it should have been Marauders. So thumbs down. Uh, also thumbs down. A 10 season order, like at the, from the get go, like that is just bizarre to me. Um, got a little bit, of, a couple of Doctor Who things. Uh, first one. Uh, so some promotional picks for the upcoming season of Doctor Who have been released uh, in them. We see the Doctor, played by Shudi Gatwa, and uh, Ruby Sunday, played by Millie Gibson, um, in 60s attire. And the Doctor is even sporting an afro. I'm giving this a thumbs up. This looks so cool. Um, I need new Doctor Who in my life. Um, as excited as I am for the David Tennant specials, I'm almost ready to, like, if I'm given the choice of I can wait for the David Tennant specials or get... The new Doctor now, I'm uh, new Doctor now. Give me thumbs up, Tabitha. Um, I am obviously not this far in Doctor Who, um, but you guys seem very excited and happy about it, and I love the diversity. So thumbs up, Matt. I'm super excited about this casting. Um, I'm intrigued about the outfits because, as always, um, each Doctor has their own vibe. Uh, we'll see how this plays out, especially timeline wise. But uh, I don't know. I'm here for it. Thumbs up, Lydia. Yeah, I, I, I know nothing about Doctor Who, but you guys are happy, so thumbs up. Matt, you also have Doctor Who news. I do, and I love this Doctor Who news because um, Jinx Monsoon, who's the winner of the fifth season of RuPaul's Drag Race, is going to be starring as, as we found out yesterday or today, a villain in this new series. Um, love this. Like, the diverse casting, keep going, fantastic. Cannot wait to see how the character plays out. Thumbs up. Lydia. Thumbs up. <laughs> um, I'm giving this a thumbs sideways uh, for two reasons. One, I did not know that there was a Jinx Monsoon until the casting was announced. I have no idea who this person is besides a famous drag queen. Um, and two, it, it bugs me that Jinx is American in this firmly British show. Uh, I should still be... <laughs> I should still have that same argument with Neil Patrick Harris, but I feel like Neil Patrick Harris is more versatile. British, British adjacent? <laughs> Softly wait, British? Wait, 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 wait. How is Neil Patrick Harris more versatile than a drag queen? I'm confused <laughs> on the logic. Okay, I mean... <laughs> Based off of my personal experience with Jinx Monsoon, which is non-existent, I'm just saying, I prefer my British shows British. British? British. 
Tabitha. I will never stop thinking about Neil Patrick Harris being softly British now. <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, I, again, am not caught up on Doctor Who. I don't really know what's going on. However, the costume yeah. looks fan-freaking-tastic. I can't wait to see how this plays out. Thumbs up. Um, Y'all have Lord of the Rings stories, and I don't, so like I feel a little bit left out, but it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. It's totally fine. Lydia, let's start with you. So last week, I almost didn't come to record the show, just so you know. Um, they re- <laughs> <laughs> for the 20th anniversary of The Return of the King, which is the third movie in the trilogy, they did a theatrical re-release of the extended edition of the movie. And not only was it well-received, it outdid three brand new movies at the box office. It outdid The Pope's Exorcist, which rigged in $850,000. The Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt film, Renfield, <laughs> which got 900000 And Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's movie, Air, which I got 982598 Return of the King, which is a now 20-year-old movie, raked in $1.1 million <laughs> in the U.S. alone in one night. <laughs> I this love this. then spawned them to extend the re-release through today, which I'm sad that I didn't get to go, but, you know, it's fine. Um, so I'm sure that that number has grown since then, but that was one night, y'all. Like, the legacy of these movies is amazing and i love the fact that they've held up this well giant thumbs up and i'm so happy that it beat out that stupid dracula movie <laughs> would you say renfield sucks no, no. dracula sucks <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i've read the book renfield also sucks <laughs> <laughs> that's fair um giving this a thumbs up um it's no secret that lord of the rings has really been my bag but um your bag end <laughs> that deserves a shame. That was, uh, that was a bad joke. <laughs> but um, but still, this is this is pretty awesome. Um, it, and you're right, Lydia. It, it shows the 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 staying power that these movies have, and how indelible that they've been, you know, in our society. So, thumbs up, Tabitha. Yeah, giant thumbs up for this. I love when lord of the rings beats out like stuff that you think would be more popular because it just like confirms how in like deep into geek culture the like population (laughs) at large truly is and that makes my heart smile so thumbs up matt i don't have anything to add but this is fantastic thumbs up tabitha what's your lord of the rings story uh someone suing jeff bezos and the tolkien estate over the uh lord of the rings show on amazon prime um, I, I literally thought this was made up when I started reading it. So this dude has, uh, okay. Demetrius Polychron, which sounds super made up. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. like yeah not me either. It has filed a lawsuit worth $250 million against Bezos, Tolkien's estate, and Amazon Studios for copyright infringement. Um, he claims to have written, created, and published an original book titled The Fellowship of the King, along with a seven-book series called The War of the Rings, in which he obtained a copyright back in 2017. He does say that his work was indeed greatly influenced by Tolkien. Um, 
he says that he had sent a letter to Tolkien's grandson, who is now in charge of the estate, um, explaining his love for the Lord of the Rings and told him about his books and asked him to review his books, but did not receive any kind of response. Um, I pulled up the book. I read the synopsis. I will not subject any of you to that because I love you so much more than I would ever. I would never do that to anybody I liked. Um, he claimed that he sent this letter didn't get a response, and now he's, like, feeling uh, upset enough to file a $250 million lawsuit. Thumbs down. My dude, you already plagiarized it once. Let it go. Let go and let Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I've been holding on to that one for a while. <laughs> this is the trash that Amazon lets be self-published. Mm-hmm. It's garbage. Um, 100% guarantee he sold three copies of maybe all seven books. Four now. Yeah. <laughs> you bought one? <laughs> um, uh, it's just, it's so awful. It's not an original idea, dude. Um, go away. A letter to Tolkien's estate doesn't mean jack squat. Um, the cover even looks plagiarized, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. Oh, God, I hate these people. Like, these are the people that give small press authors a bad name. Like, go away and burn in Mordor. Thumbs down. <laughs> Lydia. Yeah, so you... <laughs> You're lucky you got away with what you did writing the stuff you did and not having your pants sued off by these people. And now you're trying to sue them. You're stupid. Sit your ass down. Thumbs down. Uh, Yeah, I have nothing else to add. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Um, You are not uh, speaking very well tonight, sir. Okay. I'm either drunk or it's a stroke. Um, <laughs> maybe both. Maybe both. I don't know. I don't want to go to the hospital, so can you make up your mind soon? <laughs> um, but yeah, thumbs down. This is just... It's silly. That's what it is. It's silly. Matt, what's your Lord of the Rings story? Uh, so we talked about a couple of times the Gollum video game that's coming. It is releasing May 25th, and the publisher, Daedalic Game Entertainment has announced a special edition, as most games do these days. Uh, this is called the Precious Edition. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, it's only $10 more than the basic, which also some of these special editions get super expensive for no reason. That's great. Um, comes with an art exhibition that has original, uh, over 100 original sketches. Uh, quote unquote development secrets, lore compendium, a 17 track soundtrack, and additional Sindarin voices. Ooh. Right? All that out for $10 on that. more. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then anybody that pre orders will also get um, like additional iconic gestures and sayings for Gollum in the game. Okay. Um, you know, for the exorbitant prices that some of these special editions go for ten dollars for some of this extra stuff that these are the kinds of people that are going to pay 10 bucks extra for this kind of stuff so thumbs up for knowing your niche audience and playing to that lydia 
yeah, the fact that most of these games that do these special editions are like, oh, here's like this one or two extra things for 25 bucks more. The fact that you're getting all that, you would be lucky to get a soundtrack for some of these games for 10 bucks more. So heck yeah, thumbs up. Now, did we talk about the trailer for this game like maybe forever ago? Yes. yes. Okay. Thumbs up. I remember liking that trailer and the fact that, yeah, you're getting all this stuff for 10 bucks more. I mean, that's just, that's that's awesome. Yeah. We talk a lot about microtransactions for games and like how much money people spend. Like they could have made each and every one of those like a small microtransaction yep. for a level up in a game and made a ton of money. But instead of doing that, they released it as a special edition, only charged you $10 more. And I love nerds. so y'all talked about lord of the rings i'm talking about spider-man i'm gonna leave (laughs) uh so amazing spider-man writer zeb wells has been told to avoid cons following the release of issue number 26 dubbed the most shocking issue of amazing spider-man in 50 years uh speaking to pop first he said i can tease that many people will be very mad at me i can tease that nick Lowe, who is the editor of Spider-Man, told me not to do any comic conventions after this issue comes out. People will be upset. Thumbs down. Um, If you guys are... Almost sounds like you're excited to make people angry about your comic books. um, It it just... No, you're you're not doing it right. Um, Depending on where this art goes, like, I've already contemplated, like taking spider-man off my pull list for a while which that's saying something Mm. um yeah and yeah kind of like what i told you guys like yeah zeb wills was at c2e2 and i walked by his booth a couple times not like i was like stalking him or anything but i just happened to be walking by his booth a couple times but still i was like i wouldn't make eye contact with him (laughs) thumbs down tabitha hate (laughs) spider-man so this feels like one of those traditional Marvel marketing plays. Mm -hmm. So it truly means nothing's going to happen or they're going to like do something they've already done, but it's going to be in a new way. What are they going to do? Kill Spider-Man for the 500th time? What are they going to do? Kill Mary Jane for the 500th time? Is Uncle Ben going to come back and die again? Like, (laughs) is the mega plot twist that there's one freaking issue of this thing that Peter Parker is not annoying? I would read that. Maybe that people are gonna be mad because he's not annoying anymore. <laughs> That's it. Plot twist. And the next year is C2E2, I find this man, I shake his hand, and I vow to start a religion to him. There's no other way this can go. So thumbs sideways? Matt. <laughs> this is absolutely a marketing ploy. Like, if you're broadcasting the fact that you don't want him to go to cons, it's n- Maybe you're going to piss some people off, but it's more just because you want people to be like, oh, God, I need to get this issue. That's if that's what you need to do to sell more issues, build a better story. Thumbs down. Lydia. Yeah, it's absolutely a marketing ploy, but I'm not going to lie, guys. It's kind of working because I'm kind of curious. Like, what are you you doing that's going to make people so angry? (laughs) I want to know now and I don't even care. I'm sideways. (laughs) Lydia's one of those people that would join a cult. <laughs> She's like, hmm, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Looks fun. <laughs> Y'all are wearing matching Nikes? That's cool. Oh my god, we all wear tan. Perfect. <laughs> what you put in this Kool-Aid? It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Not right. that bad, guys. <laughs> Close. Uh... <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do four more stories. Okay. You both get two. two. So um, do I'm we, going. Do we get to pick or are you picking? So. Oh, God. You're going to get to pick one of them, but the other story, you don't. Okay. okay. So, Tabitha, we're going to start with you. Okay. Do you want to talk about Wicked or Jeanette McCurdy? Wicked. Okay. So, we got some pictures, little sneak peeks um, for the Wicked movie. Um, I think it was Sunday. There were two first look photos that were released. Um, one was showing Elphaba and Galinda against like this dark dramatic backdrop. And then we also, it got leaked, a picture of the Munchkin Village. So I've been really torn about this film since they announced it. The casting didn't really go the way I wanted. And I was concerned about the directing. And Wicked is one of my all-time favorite musicals. I literally have it tattooed on my body. I, the Wizard of Oz itself means a lot to me. Alphaba as a character means a lot to me, and I was very, very concerned. Um, not that I thought that John Chu would not do a good job with this film. It's just, just must, much like video game adaptations, musical to movie adaptations have not historically been good. Because at the end of the day, this is not going to be Idina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth, and every single one of us who is a fan of this musical is going to be comparing and contrasting to that. And every single one of us who have seen this live multiple times is going to be comparing and contrasting to that. These images have given me some hope. Um, I was kind of worried they would take Wicked and make it like a popcorn bubbly musical. And then the other side of me was worried they were going to turn it so dark that it almost wouldn't be enjoyable anymore. Um, Because Wicked as a musical, as a book, as a franchise, like teeters on that line so well between being happy and colorful and bright and peppy and dark and kind of scary and intimidating. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much. And these photos did that. You have the bright pop of Galinda and her, you know, classic pink outfit. And then you've got the brightness of the Munchkin Village. And then you've got Elphaba in all of her glory in the darkness. But you've also, they've situated Galinda in these photos in this incredible dark background. Because while she is pink and she is preppy and she is popular. I hate that I just said that. <laughs> um, now I'm just singing oh, it. God, yep. so sorry. Um, <laughs> She's also at her heart a dark character and like the balance in these photos looks incredible and I'm very very concerned still about the casting because it, again it did not go the way I wanted but nobody asked my opinion so I'm giving these a thumb sideways but I am much more confident in John Chu as a director and where this film is going than I was previous to these images being released. Matt I the only thing I really have to say is that I am going to have to reserve judgment until we think, until we get a full trailer. Um, because it is such a beloved musical. Like, not that there aren't others that are beloved, but this one kind of seems to go above and beyond um, like normal fan bases. Wicked um, is a musical for people who don't like musicals. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go thumb sideways 
basically, like I said, until we get some sort of actual trailer. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with Tabitha. Like, I'm very skeptical about this because movie or musical to movie adaptations have a very poor track record. I also do not care much for this casting. I cannot stand Ariana Grande as an actress. Not really much as a singer either. Um, so her being cast is a very scary to me because I don't think that was the right choice, but we will see when a trailer comes out. Um, I did like the pictures that gave me a little bit more hope for what may be coming in the movie. So I'm going to give the pictures a thumbs up. I'm giving the movie as a whole still a thumb sideways because I'm not sure yet. I'm going to give this a optimistic thumb sideways, almost a thumbs up um, for a couple of reasons. Yes, the casting of Ariana Grande um, is sus, I guess, as the kids say. Um, <laughs> However, it's like the more that I think about it, and especially because like I didn't see these pictures until just now when you started talking about them, I pulled them up. I was like, okay. Um, so seeing Ariana as Glinda, and it kind of got me thinking. Is like she was cast in this for a reason. It wasn't just because I'm sure her star power had something to mm -hmm. do with it, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that is not the only reason she was cast in this. Um, so maybe she can surprise us all. I hope she can. Um, and I apologize. I am blanking. Who is the actress playing Elphaba? Her name is my brain just shut down. That's Cynthia a weird name. Arrivo. Cynthia Arrivo. Cynthia Arrivo. Uh, she is a, looks like a badass biatch as uh -huh. Alphaba. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, She's not Samantha Orks, but nobody asked my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know anything about this person. I don't know her voice. But if we can't get Adina Menzel uh, or Adele Dazeem, <laughs> who is also busy, uh, <laughs> then... <laughs> I was waiting for that, honestly. That was almost a spit take. <laughs> uh, if we couldn't get her, then just based off of looks alone, I'm like, I am here for this. So, yeah, giving this mostly a thumbs up. Matt, do you want to talk about Stranger Things or Arby's? Um, let's go with Stranger Things because it feel like we've actually talked about the arby's kind of before so we do not have the meats we do not ew i'm gonna get a shirt in like the schitt's creek font that just says ew mitch <laughs> <laughs> um so eddie munson a lot of people's favorite character from the latest season of stranger things is getting a prequel story in the form of a new book set to arrive none other than on Halloween. Um, it's called Stranger Things Flight of Icarus. Um, it was written by Caitlin Schneiderhan, who is a co-writer of the show's next season. So, um, spoiler if you haven't heard yet, Eddie does not survive the season. Um, but we will get some backstory into that character, which... I don't know. He is definitely one of those characters which I wish had had a longer shelf life in that series. So as much as sometimes these tie-ins are just a money grab, 
this could be interesting. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Lydia. I never even finished the first season of Stranger Things, so I don't really have a horse in this race. So I'm just going to go thumb sideways. Um, I'm going to go. I'll give this a thumbs up. It's not for me. Uh, I'm still way behind on Stranger Things. Haven't even started this latest season. Um, That aside, these movie tie-in books don't usually do it for me. Um, But... I feel like they're going to sell a lot of these because Eddie Munson was like everybody's favorite. Tabitha. Um, we still have not finished the season of Stranger Things because I'm not prepared for the emotional damage that the end of this season is going to do to me. Um, not because of Eddie Munson, but the last episode we saw, like I wasn't sure if Steve was going to live and I couldn't, like <laughs> I can't. If Steve dies, I die. That's just, that's the big rules. Um, I'm with Mitch. The movie tie-in things that they've been trying to do with books tend to not be written very mm. well and they tend to be kind of YA in nature and they're not really my jam. What I'm mostly angry about, I think this would have made a really good spinoff show. Even if they just did like a short run TV show, like three or four episodes, we get a little bit more Eddie. Maybe we get a little more of Chrissy before she, you know, you know, you know, gets possessed or whatever by Jeff now. Um, <laughs> like a little bit more of what Eddie was up to while the other kids were dealing with the upside down in the first couple of seasons. I think that would have been really cool. I don't know that I need it in the form of a book, so I'm going sideways. Tabitha, um, I am terrified by this next story. Let's talk about some shape-shifting robots. Okay, so I saw this a long time ago, and I was like, we don't want to talk about that because it's going to give all of us nightmares, but we're going to talk about it anyway. There has been an invention of a robot that can shift between solid and liquid states not only that but there is now footage of said robot escaping from a jail cell with bars that are way too close for it to escape just through the bars um the creators of this robot uh have said that they were inspired by sea cucumbers they were uh, inspired by Terminator. Let's get it right. Because <laughs> uh, sea cucumbers can alternate. I hate that I'm about to say this. They can alternate their stiffness. That's <laughs> uh, fine. Um, so, Is it? yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's a different um, kind of show. <laughs> the, the incredible achievement it is that we have now been able to create a material that can transform between liquid and solid. Is crazy to me because that is the stuff of Terminator and futuristic movies and, you know, Star Trek, the next generation. Like, these are not things that should be happening now, but they are. Um, Lo and behold, they made it out of mercury, which makes sense because mercury is at the same time a liquid and a solid. The video of this thing is kind of terrifying um, the robot, however, is only um, about this tall. It's like a little over a quarter of a foot tall. It's very short. Uh, so, I mean, if it decides to go psycho, we can, most of us can outrun it. Me, <laughs> on a bad day, after a couple glasses of wine, I'm just going to let it take my body over. It'll be fine. Um, <clears throat> what I don't like is that it's 66 pounds. <laughs> what? <laughs> so it's it's like the, the weight of a toddler basically um i i'm not sure that either of my children weigh 66 pounds yep mm-hmm. maybe the big one 
So we can now create liquid into solid in the form of a robot. I'm just really hoping Boston Dynamics doesn't get a hold of this because that's going to be a real scary video that I don't want to watch. So yay science thumbs up question mark matt has anybody logged into skynet lately thumbs down <laughs> lydia so the video of this thing it looks like a little like lego figure mm-hmm. made out of like mercury mm-hmm. the fact that it like melts down and then just like it's kind of slow and then it just pops back up is super terrifying yeah, and I am not okay with this because if they can do that, I don't want to know what else can happen. Thumbs down. I did not need those nightmares. Yeah, boo science. Thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things that we don't need to do. This is one of them. Y'all don't know what you're getting ourselves into, Matt. You have the last story of the night, and I could also say boo science to this. <laughs> Let's talk about some mammoth meatballs. I don't like any of that. To be honest, I've been waiting like a month to hear you use that segue because I've had this story for that long and I we have to talk about this. Okay, so one of those is for Mitch for saying that. The other one is for Matt for admitting that he's been waiting a month for Mitch to say it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I literally found this story the week and before we went to C2E2, and I've been just hanging on to this. Um, there is- <laughs> don't you say it, Mitchell. <laughs> Nothing about cupping. Um, all right. So there is an Australian, um, company which has been developing alternative meats. <laughs> um, I like how Matt's watching his words. So he's right. Like... So they have investigated, as the article says, more than 50 species, including alpaca, <laughs> buffalo, Crocodile, kangaroo, peacocks, and different types of fish. Um, they've also worked with quail. Um, what they did was they took DNA from a woolly mammoth and modified it. And what's the word? Um, Worked with other meat proteins. Commingled. Commingled, thank you. Um, <laughs> to create a meatball that is primarily woolly mammoth meat. Why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they could. Um, Just because you can doesn't, doesn't mean you should. Right. Um, the quote from uh, Professor Ernst Wolventang. There's um, our first problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, he's from the Australian Institute for Bioengineering at the University of Queensland. Um, he basically says that it was ridiculously easy and fast. Um, it was done in a couple of weeks. That's what she said. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Did we all get ashamed? Yes! <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> Come to the dark side. Um, so they made this mammoth meatball, but nobody has tasted it. Um, well, why? Why make a meatball if you can't eat it? Exactly. <laughs> because it's a protein that nobody has seen for thousands of years, and they weren't sure how our digestive and immune systems would react. Feed it to a pig. Just take a little bite. <laughs> there are two kinds of people. <laughs> Um, if you somebody you just don't like, there right. are three kinds of people. <laughs> <laughs> so he did say that if we did it again, we would certainly do it in a way which would make it more palatable to regulatory bodies. <laughs> um, the whole idea basically behind this comes down to the fact that cultivated meats, as they put it, mm, I know, not a great either. term, um, use less land and water than livestock. Fair. Um, so it's basically a renewable energy source instead of a finite commodity. Okay. Here's the thing. If we ever end up in a world where meat is no longer available, and one of my options is woolly mammoth balls, <laughs> and one of my options is to just become a vegetarian, I'm probably going to become a vegetarian. Same. Now, hey, you watch it. <laughs> I come in peace. <laughs> Carry on. Okay, let's say in five to ten years, this they do more, you know, research or whatever, and this becomes a thing, and it becomes a delicacy, and it comes to America. Would you try a woolly mammoth meatball? Tabitha, yes or no? I'm from the South. I eat some weird shit, so probably. And it's money's not an object here. It's not like oh, this meat, this one meatball is going to be like five hundred dollars. Like, take that out of the equation. Okay, Matt. Yeah, I would. Lydia. No, I never even had a Rocky Mountain oyster before, but I probably would. And to be fair, we've we've been joking around. These aren't woolly, woolly mammoth balls. No, no, it's right. actually it's, it's a meat. meat. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like it's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Mitch has to go. I don't <laughs> care. Home. I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, but yes, I I would also I would try one of these just to just to say that I would. Yeah. <laughs> I like chicken gizzards and chicken livers and i think they're delicious and i have no shame my only concern with this is what matt brought up like humans have not ingested this in so long your girl don't have a gallbladder is my body gonna be like excuse me what year do you think it is who do you think you are and it's gonna kill me i couldn't even con like consume peepsy without almost dying <laughs> The alcoholic Sunny D tried to murder me. 
I'm lucky if I can eat anything besides bread and kombucha on most days. <laughs> so I think woolly mammoth meatballs is probably how I go. But <laughs> I'd try it. <laughs> I mean, did it say what other <laughs> meats it was commingled with? Um, like they the did, and the other primary meat source. <laughs> I hate the way that sounds. <laughs> We're twelve uh, guys. I mean, <laughs> um, in this particular case, was was sheep. Oh. Huh. Um, but like I said, they did say that if they did this again, with the idea of a quote unquote taste test in mind, um, they would use more. Normalized, palatable, normalized. I think they actually said palatable to regulatory bodies is the term that they used. Yeah. So they would use beef, they would use chicken, they would use pork um, if they were to try it again. Um, he did say that um, the initial idea was dodo meat. Oh, <laughs> um, that's so sad though. Right, but they just don't have the DNA sequences to make that happen. <laughs> I know they're yes. both extinct, but dodos are way cuter, so... I don't need to eat dodo balls. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, mental telepathic moment that Lydia and I just shared <laughs> was so intense. <laughs> um, but however, you have to think about it. 480 years ago, they thought tomatoes were like... Oh my god, like a tomato, I could never. It's a decoration, it's not a food. Yeah. And now we put tomatoes on everything. And, like, You know, the long and short of it really comes down to that the reason they did it was to kind of make point of the fact that livestock is a finite commodity and that something like this would possibly lead to sustainable meat production so or we could all just eat our vegetables and be fine i mean let's just put it like i'm okay i eat way more vegetables than i did five years ago like 300 times more vegetables but at the end of the day like there are some times where i just want a cheeseburger you're and welcome. I'm really glad you said that. I was waiting on you to say there's sometimes I really just need meat. And <laughs> Mitch and I were going to make eye contact. <laughs> and it was going to be a whole thing. <laughs> so you're welcome. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Again, just want to point out, we're 12. <laughs> there is nothing in this story that should have made any of us actually giggle. <laughs> but we spent most of it laughing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This could have been a mature conversation. And an actual conversation. With who? I know. Not the people in this room. <laughs> I don't know anybody that I could have had that as a mature conversation with. And you know what? I'm glad. Yeah. It means right. I have fun friends. You're right. So. <laughs> All right. I mean, if it's sheep meat, it can't be that bad. <laughs> Lydia! What the hell? That is two Lydia shames in one. It's the baby. It's the baby. The baby has changed you. It's just because I said I didn't want to see your baby with the kunk all over it. Am I being punished? All right. Um, 
I think I think <laughs> this is this is a good stop to a, a, a good place to stop this episode. Not a good stop to place this episode. <laughs> We should place this episode nowhere. This episode doesn't belong in the public. Uh, Mm. um, Hopefully, you'll be back next time. (laughs) If we didn't scare you off. If you're not, we will not be offended. We will understand. (laughs) I'll be a little sad, though. I'll understand, but I'll still be a little sad. I respect Mm. your feelings and you're validated. (laughs) But still, like, when we see each other, like, you know, out on the street, there'll be a little bit of longing. Can you not make it worse for once? Okay. You're just making it awkward now. Goodbye. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs> <laughs>